0: Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Friday, July 16, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at the Draft com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan i going to have a little fun here on a Friday, courtesy of a question that we received uh, from Patrick on this past Tuesday's Power to the Pot. He effectively put me into the captain's chair of the Miami Dolphins at this point in time and asked, what are you doing with it? Where are you going? What decisions are you making? What personnel moves are you making? What hiring decisions are you making? So figured a good time now. now that we got some more of the Uh, Xavier Howard drama for the week out of the way earlier in the week. And we talked about the offense and continuity issues a little earlier in the week. Now is a good time to collectively catch our breath, do something a little fun, brace for a Friday afternoon news dump to come a little later today for something for us to react to on Monday. And training camp's right around the corner. So the opportunities to have these fun conversations are quickly, very quickly, going to be few and far between. So, with that in mind, here's Patrick's full question. Kyle, Brian Flores, and Chris Greer have decided to leave their posts with the Dolphins to pursue their dream of becoming the Cornhole World Champions. Stephen Ross has hired you to be the President of Football Operations. Here are my questions. Who would you hire to be your head coach? Which three players currently on the roster would you cut? Which three players would you attempt to trade that are currently on the roster? Which three players would you call other teams to inquire about? Which player would you attempt to extend to a new contract? And most importantly, what would you rename the stadium? A lot of great questions here. And uh, obviously, first and foremost, in this hypothetical scenario, I want to wish Chris Greer and Brian Floor is the absolute best in the Cornhole World Championships, uh, there is no doubt in my mind uh, they are going to win. And we will be rooting from, <laughs> for them uh, from afar in South Florida, me as the quote-unquote football czar. I think the last guy to formally hold uh, the football czar tar- title was Bill Parcells in the late 2000s when Tony Sperano came to town and Turned this thing around. They won 10 games more in 2008 than they did in 2007. Tip of the cap to good old Cam Cameron for making that possible with a 1 in 15 season. First question Who would you hire to be your head coach? I can't guarantee that I would get this individual to leave their post, but I know this individual has expressed interest at the NFL level before. He has been a highly effective college head coach in the past, he is currently a college head coach, and he's somebody who I can guarantee you would have translation from his system to both the NFL and working with the Dolphins' current infrastructure. I'm going hard, full-court press, after Steve Sarkeesian to be the new head coach of this football team. We've had some interesting conversations throughout the time uh, that I've been working with TDN scouting staff. We have a scouting department that's now up to to six guys. Half the guys have NFL league ex- league experience working for teams, uh, and there's some really good conversations uh, about all things team building and football ideologies and so on and so forth. And one of the things that we've talked about is the hiring process and the mentality and the the dangers and threats of having a defensive-minded head coach versus an offensive-minded head coach. And we've seen that uh, to not quite an extreme degree with Miami because though know, they haven't had the offensive success to prompt people to come pillage their their infrastructure and support staff. But at the same time, you have a defensive-minded head coach and we're now entering year three in this regime with our third different arrangement as far as who's going to call the plays and who's going to be the offensive coordinator. If you have a successful head coach and that player that coaches on the offensive side of the football, the continuity for your quarterback is always going to be there. I think that's an important distinguishment to make. It's not a kiss of death. It's not something I think is going to cripple you. Bill Belichick had no problem, right? Having success and making sure that he's carried and translated success over uh, year after year after year once he found his quarterback of choice, uh, being Tom Brady. Uh, and being a defensive coach and watching tape with the quarterback can also kind of be helpful. Also, like to point out that uh, Don Shulo's background, defensive backs and defensive coordinator uh, with the University of Virginia, University of Kentucky. Detroit Lions before becoming the head coach in Baltimore in 1963 and then coming over to Miami and he was there for 25 years. NFL's winningest head coach all time, former defensive coordinator, defensive background. So it's not a do or die, but a chance to hire Steve Sarkeesian knowing that he's worked with Tua Tongvaloa, had success with Tua Tongvaloa, has good things to say about Tua Tongvaloa, and seeing how effective his schemes and concepts were at the college level last year against the absolute best of the best, last two years really, makes it a no-brainer gambit for me to call up Sarkeesian, who just took the head coaching job at University of Texas, and say, what's it going to cost to get you out of Austin and here in South Florida? Because I desperately want and need you to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Patrick's next question: Which three players on the roster do you cut? And you know, understanding that if I'm being installed right now, and understanding that um, we are in, in the pre-training camp window where the roster is expanded, it's an off-season roster. I'm looking at this through the lens of which three players have I seen enough from to know they don't have a long-term role. Which three players have am I looking at to know there's some cap benefit to parting ways with these players? Which three players am I looking at knowing there are other players beneath them on the depth chart that would benefit from the reps? And the three names that I came up with were uh, kick-slash-punt-returner-slash-wide-receiver, Jakeem Grant, tight end Durham-Smythe, and safety, Clayton Fashion. Uh, so Grant, obviously, we've beat the dead horse on Jakeem Grant as far as the limitations that he has as an offensive player, where his value is, how effective he is in the return game, uh, but how many other options the Dolphins have in the return game. It's redundant. you got 14 receivers. You're at the absolute most going to carry half of them on the active roster. I could tell you right now, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddell, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mack Collins as a special teams guy. Lynn Bowden Jr., boom, there's seven. I'm not going to have room for Jakeem Grant to only be a special teams guy. It's just not going to work, and he can't play on the coverage units. Durham Smythe, I like what Adam Shaheen gives you as an inline guy more uh, personally, he's a little bit bigger body. Uh, I think his red zone receiving skills stand out a little bit more. He's had success there in the past in Chicago. And you just drafted Hunter Long. And then Clayton Fezlum, this is strictly the, the embarrassment of depth that you have in the secondary. You, you don't need this player. We're being completely honest, and you're going to save $2.5 million against the cap that you can then roll over and carry over into the next year if you don't spend it. Grant, Smythe, Vegelum, those are my three to cut, alongside my new head coach, Steve Sarkisian. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your favorite sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, and UFC. So head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available to you. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Patrick's next question. Which three players would you attempt to trade? an important distinguishment to make cutting players means I've seen enough I don't perceive them to have value with their current salaries and contract situations we're just going to cut ties and be done with it players you're looking to trade are players that do have value across the league do have value on your roster but at the same time might be at a different intersection in their personal careers than where you are as an organization First name, and I'm not let me let me preface this by saying this. Okay. I'm not necessarily advocating for trading these players, but if I were to identify players on the roster who would have perceived value to other teams, and you had to ask me to make a list on who I would play some phone calls to gauge interest of across the league. Not saying I'm trading these guys. I'm saying I'm entertaining interest in these guys because of an intersection of their personal careers versus our direction as a team. Uh, Parker is one, uh, Parker obviously had the phenomenal season in 2019 playing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do I worry about his fit with Tua Tonga Valoa in the Dolphins offense? Yes, I do. Uh, You also do have Preston Williams, and I am not a huge Preston Williams guy. I'll be completely transparent. I almost put Preston Williams down here instead of Devontae Parker. But it's the financial implications of keeping Parker around, and he's a little bit easier to to process his cap number after the 2021 season. This is the big hit year for him. But um, Parker, when he's healthy and he's motivated, has value. Preston Williams is a more frustrating version of the same player. I don't think he's as physically talented. I don't think he's as good with his hands. I don't think he's as good of a route runner as Devontae is. But he's also like one-twelfth the cost, and he's younger. Okay? You know, you want a big body guy for in the red zone? I get it. You'll put Preston in there. Ideally, you're not making your hay in tight spaces consistently anyway. You're getting more chunk plays, explosive plays, particularly with Steve Sarkeesian at the helm. So I put Devontae Parker down because he's a guy who's entering into year seven in Miami. It's a long time. I would see what kind of interest I could get for him. If I could get a what I would perceive to be a top 75 pick, I'd probably consider it do I would expect I would actually get that? No. Not unless somebody gets hurt on a different team and somebody gets desperate. So I'm anticipating still having Devontae around, but he would be a guy I would call around pal. Jesse Davis is another one for me. I understand the value of being able to play four spots on the offensive line. But I look at all the positional flexibility that they have brought in. DJ Fluker. Jermaine Illuminor. You consider Robert Hunt, positional flexible guy. Michael Dieter, positional flexible guy. Liam Eikenberg, probably a positional flexible guy. Solomon Kinley, left versus right side of the offensive line, positional flexible guy. I think you've got enough depth and you can find enough holdover pieces, I think, in an ideal world, a utopian world. Jesse Davis is not a starting offensive lineman for the Dolphins. little bit of a salary hit, but it's nothing that's that's not worth it for a team that needs some offensive line help and depth. Um, so I would I would gauge his versatility across the league to see if there were any takers, any interest there. And the last name, and this is why I put the disclaimer on here, but I am going to include Xavier Howard. I am understanding of Howard's situation. I am understanding of the Dolphins' perspective of Howard's situation. I am understanding of the Dolphins' perspective on not wanting to set this precedent as well. I get it. I understand. Zavian is giving off some vibes based on the messaging he's given the Dolphins organization on social media going all the way back to 2019 when they put him on IR. He posted a, an Instagram story of a hand flip in the bird and then deleted that a couple hours later. And then he removed the Dolphins from his Instagram altogether when they signed Byron Jones. And then he says them signing Byron Jones and drafting Noah to he was a slap in the face. I'm going to make him pay double for it. And now the, the post this week. He kind of, yeah, he thrives on the chip on the shoulder. I get it. And I think te- fans of the Dolphins need to understand that the players playing on your favorite team probably don't love your team like you do. And Xavier Howard is definitely that kind of player. It's business. He, t- he talked about it with Darius Butler and Antoine Bethea. He said, Rashad Jones talked about the business side of football. How to conduct my business. Understanding what the business side of the league is like. He said it like five times. This is business. And it, it is his career, right? And it's his earnings and it's his potential. So I get it. But he ain't going to do the Dolphins any favors. And if he needs to use the Dolphins to manufacture the next chip on his shoulder to make him feel like he's going to have to push himself to get to where he needs to go to take his game to the next level, he's going to do it. And it feels like that's the direction that we're heading. And he's going to use the Dolphins as the fuel. I don't think we're past the point of no return, by any means. Miami could certainly pay him. Make a wake up. And say, and that maybe that's the player I choose for my player to extend. You don't know. But I would I would explore all avenues if I were in control of football operations for Miami as far as how to resolve the Xavier Howard situation. The bad news, I don't think there is a single quote unquote easy answer to be had. I don't. The next set of criteria that needs to be filled here is three players I would call around the league. To inquire about for the 2021 season. And uh, we ended with a heavy hitter in Xavier Howard. So I'm going to start with a heavy hitter on players that I would explore bringing in and look first and foremost at Arizona Cardinals pass rusher Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, of course, has plenty of experience and success. In this style of defense, now he has thrived since he's gone out to Arizona after being traded from the New England Patriots, Uh, but this is a two-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Pro Bowl player who has 97 career sacks. He averaged nine a year for his first four years in the NFL with the New England Patriots, and that that included a season in which he only played 10 games, missed 6. Then he gets traded to Arizona, and he posts 11, 17, 13, 19, and 1 in 5 games last year when he was not healthy. He's 31 years old. He's got some juice in the tank. He will be 31 all of this season. He's not pleased with his contract situation in Arizona, mulling over a trade. If you want to take this defense to the next level, or you want to protect yourself in the event of trading Xavier Howard to make sure that the defense is not exposed, putting Chandler Jones, who has 61 sacks in five years in Arizona, including last year when he had one in five games, otherwise has 60 sacks in four years in Arizona, Onto this defense alongside Jalen Phillips. Imagine Jalen Phillips f- filling the Kyle Van Noy role in which he played 30% of his snaps as the end man on the line of scrimmage. And then taking Chandler Jones and having him play the other stand-up role. I love Andrew Van Kinkle. But if you can go to, to your base front and you're, and you, you play odd front and you're five men across the board, or Chandler Jones, Christian Wilkins reduced inside to the B-gap, Raekwon Davis on the nose. You have Emmanuel Agba on the other reduced hand-in-the-dirt roll, And then you have Jalen Phillips, and that's your front five. And you have Bernardrick McKinney and Jerome Baker playing behind it. And then you have Javon Holland at free safety, Eric Rowe at strong safety, Byron Jones, and either... Jason McCourty, Noah Higmanogany, whoever you want to play, and that's your base defense, and when you get in, in passing situations, you want to bring Raquan Davis off the field and put another defensive back out there, you're going to you're gonna have the potential to do a lot of damage. So that, for me, is the sell on Chandler Jones. If I'm exploring trading a Xavier Howard, then I'm going to explore potentially bringing in Chandler Jones. It's a little bit against the grain on what we've seen this team do, but at the same time, you're in a new chapter of your team building now. You need elite players. Chandler Jones has the ability to be an elite player, and he may be on the trade block, and you may have a piece in Xavier Howard that you can move to help facilitate bringing him here and potentially get more back because Howard is the younger player he most plays in the secondary. Arizona is desperate for corner play. I'm just saying. I'm also calling Denver to explore about Melvin Gordon. Right? They drafted Javante Williams right in front of Miami. Everybody collectively lost their minds over it. Melvin Gordon's in the last year of his deal. I like that it's a bridge option for this year. It's an early down upgrade as far as power, ability to push the pile, so on and so forth. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield as well. He still gives you some of that versatility. I think he could split or overtake Miles Gaskin in every facet of the position. He's on a one-year deal. It's a short-term commitment. That's an an option I'm looking to explore if they want to fast-track getting Javante Williams on the field in Denver. And then I'm also calling Steve Keim, the GM of the Arizona Cardinals, again. There is a center on this roster. They just traded for Rodney Hudson this offseason, right? He's going to play center for them. But there's a Late round pick from the 2019 draft that has me interested in potentially being a stylistic fit that could fill the team's need at center long term, which has been mitigated by the arrival of Rodney Hudson, who is better than this player because Rodney Hudson's the best center in football. Lamont Galliard from University of Georgia, sixth round pick in 2019. His style, playing A, you're going to reunite him with Solomon Kinley. And his style inside between Kinley and Robert Hunt is going to win you a lot of battles in the trenches and win you a lot of real estate. Uh, pass protection, you got to sort that out. You got to make sure he's good there. But that's a low risk maneuver that I would be knocking on the door to explore if I were the Dolphins. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So, visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are like floating on a cloud. They are delicious, 100% chocolate on all their bars. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories. Low in sugar, they've got up to ten flavors to choose from. So whether you're looking for something to replace a meal throughout the day, a delicious snack, something post-workout, you name it, Bill Bar can be it. So visit BillBar.com, use promo code Locked Fifteen and save fifteen percent off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. That's BillBar.com, promo code Locked Fifteen to save fifteen percent. Two more questions from. Patrick, to bring us to a close here today, he wants to know, if you would extend one player, who would it be? And I've kind of tipped my hand here a little bit by some of the players that I am exploring parting ways with. A quick summary, I'm, I'm cutting Grant, Smythe, and Fezdalum, and I'm exploring trades for Parker, Davis, and Howard. I am not extending Xavier Howard. Of all the avenues that Miami can take to resolve this situation, adding more years onto that deal is the worst thing you can do. You can add more money to the years that exist. You can call his bluff. You can trade him. But don't add more years onto it on the back end and defer guaranteed money down the road. There's no more sense in doing that. Plus his cap figure from that perspective is is easily digestible. You don't need to manufacture long-term wiggle room by deferring guarantees into added years down the road. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. And I am obviously, if I'm not extending Zavian Howard and I've tipped my hand, then that tells you if I'm exploring trades for Devontae Parker, there's a wide receiver on this roster that is entering into a contract year that I think can be a game-changer for Miami beyond just his raw production as a receiver, and that's Will Fuller. Will Fuller's here on a one-year deal. The Dolphins signed him a one-year, $10 million in change, plus $3 million in incentives based on performance. I would want to get that deal done. If we get halfway through the season and Fuller's playing to his potential and playing to the standard that he set towards the end of the year last year before he started his five-game suspension to close the season. The Dolphins got him for a bargain, and I would want to get him locked in before he goes out and posts his big-time numbers with this quarterback. So give me Will Fuller. If things go well the first month, first six weeks of the season, give me him into my office so we could sit down, talk business, and try and iron out a long term extension. I know he's probably going to want 15 to 18 per. Probably. That's what Kenny Galladay got in a reduced year, right, on his long term deal. The closer I can keep it to 15, great. If that means I got to get Parker off the roster and take a little less to, to make that happen, something I would consider if I feel how that kind of Conviction is there for Will Fuller. I'd rather have a guy who's injury-prone but a good stylistic fit for my offense in Fuller than potentially lose him because I can't afford to pay him and keep a guy under contract in Devontae Parker who's constantly injured with nagging injuries and not a good fit for my offense and my quarterback. Patrick's last question. You get to rename the stadium. What are you renaming it? I'm going to keep it simple. I like Hard Rock Stadium. The rock. It's got good aesthetics to it. Really appreciate what they've done with the upgrades. But I do have one minor change. I hope you guys are familiar with the Denver Broncos uh, stadium. But their stadium uh, field is as follows. Empower Field at Mile High, previously known as Broncos Stadium at Mile High, Invesco Field at Mile High, and Sports Authority Field at Mile High, most commonly known as Mile High, New Mile High, and Mile High Stadium in Denver, Colorado. What do we feel about Don Shula Field at Hard Rock Stadium as the formal official title of where the Miami Dolphins play their football games? Don Shula Field at Hard Rock Stadium. I think I'm in. And if I, in the hypothetical that Patrick asked on Tuesday, am the football czar, it's my call. (laughs) So that's the move that I would make uh, for naming of the Dolphin Stadium. I hope you guys enjoyed. A little something different here. A little something into uh, some of my current perspective on tires I would kick, some moves I would explore, uh, my ideology with the team as it currently stands, and how I would look to pivot from here if the opportunities were presented to me. Uh, This was a fun exercise, fun to sit down and kind of prep for it ahead of time. Had a blast. Uh, This is the gift of Power to the Pod. Uh, You guys get a chance to have your great ideas bring them to my attention. I've seen a couple in, in Twitter DMs already this week. Uh, So hopefully some more good off-season content before training camp fires back up in the next two weeks. But make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I am Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Look forward to talking again on Monday. Fins up.